Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today. I've got a great episode in store. One of the goals that I've had with the podcast since I came back was to kind of get not kind of, but, you know, cajole a lot of the members of Zweig's advisory services group to from their different areas of expertise to come on the podcast and talk about what they're seeing in the marketplace. And of course, as you know, 2020 has turned out to be a year unlike any other. And needless to say, there are many adjectives to describe 2020, but we're making the most of it and doing the best that we can. And today, I thought it would be great to bring on two individuals that are dear friends of mine, as well as former colleagues and uh, individuals that are doing some pretty amazing things at Zwy Group right now. And that would be Chad Coldiron, who is the director of executive search, as well as the chief HR officer at Zwy Group. And then John Bray, who is a member of the executive search team, as well as on the M&A team. So John is more of a switch hitter because he can he serves uh, multiple needs that a lot of our clients have here at Zwy Group. So without further ado, John, Chad, how are you guys doing today? Doing good, Randy. Thank you for having us. This, you know, multiple times on here, but honestly, just getting together with you two uh, for anything, I know it's going to be a good conversation. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm excited. And I got to say, it certainly is good to, to see and hear you. We talk a lot via text, via email. We just don't see each other the way that we used to. So that's kind of the new norm. I mean, John is based in the Dallas office there, which actually a lot of people still don't realize why group has a Dallas office, which is huge. I mean, it's one of the, you know, the Metroplex, as they call it, is one of the larger design firm communities in the country. And uh, just everything is bigger in Texas anyway, right, John? Hey, I can I can attest to that for sure. It's uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on, Randy. Uh, really happy to uh, to be here today. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So we wanted to kind of jump into it. The theme of today's episode is really to talk about recruitment and retention during the pandemic. What is executive search look like? Honestly, for design professionals, I know there are we have a lot of listeners that are key leaders within their organizations. We have a lot of up and coming individuals that are project managers or soon to be project managers, or maybe they're assistant project managers or senior project managers. A lot of people that are tasked with um, hiring and finding the best and brightest talent to join their firms. And I thought it would be good just to give people at the end of the year and at the time of recording this, it's right at the beginning of December 2020 to kind of share with individuals, you know, where the market is with regard to recruitment and retention during this pandemic, because as I said earlier, the times are different. So I'll, I'll let one of you take the stab at the first go. Chad, why don't you jump in as the, uh, the long-term expert? I'll give, uh, I'll give you a little age uh, reference there. And um, why don't you kind of share what you're seeing? And then we'll piggyback from there. Well, two things, I guess, about any good recruiter is that we're mostly young at heart and we're pretty flexible. So this year, I think anyone would agree that there were some changes, some things we had to adapt to. But when it comes to challenges for recruiting and retention, those things are always changing. You know, generations are, are coming in and out of the workforce that we need to you know, really adapt towards. And, you know, the pandemic aside, you know, having a, a set uh, plan and, and really investing in the, uh, the recruitment and retention portion of your you know, business it's something that you know all firms need to be doing no matter what time it is we've certainly seen you know some changes john john would agree uh, i think we get less calls you know uh, regarding a, a certain portion of the the org chart the uh, hey i'm i'm lost on trying to find a, a 15 year project manager right now i think those needs are still out there but a lot of 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 what we are dealing with and the clients that we are dealing with have, have shifted towards the uh, the the c suite or, or leadership portion of firms you know i think that there's multiple reasons for that. One can be really just that that older generation uh, really took the year to look back and, and understand what they've accomplished and, and what they want to do in the future. Is this a good time to start transitioning some of their ownership? Did this this global you know health issue you know trigger some emotions in people that had been dormant for a long time? I think that answer is yes. You know, John certainly has a a, a little different look at it getting to work on the M&A side so much. And, and I think a lot of his conversations kind of cross over. So just interesting to see what he's you know just seen on that portion of it. Yeah, no. Yeah, great point, Chad. And um, I could certainly just kind of speak to that just in the sense of, I think a lot of people, you know, those of us who uh, are at the age where they can do so have really seen this year as an eye-opening experience, especially a lot of those senior leaders that, you know, do exist within this kind of fragmented industry where there are a lot of small companies, they realize that maybe they do want to spend more time with their families and, and their friends, or maybe they do want to enjoy their retirement a little bit more. So those kind of triggers are certainly still keeping a lot of those C-suite and director level positions. You know, firms are still looking for them. You know, the pandemic aside, if you need a new CEO, you need a new CEO. And if there's not someone internally that can kind of step up, a lot of times that's when firms will reach out to us and, and we can kind of help them still try to adjust to those timelines as they move forward. And just to kind of piggyback on uh, what Chad said a moment ago as well, I think one big reason why a lot of those 
uh, kind of mid-level, you know, senior project manager, 15 to 20 year experience type of positions aren't really, you know, available the way that they were uh, perhaps in years past is just because firms aren't really thinking about growing <laughs> these days, you know, they're really just trying to keep their heads above water and make sure they can retain staff. So um, I would say certainly since March, probably, you know, as Chad mentioned, investing into the retention of their staff has become, you know, all the more important as if it uh, wasn't so important before in, in an already tight labor market. Sure. So. And, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised at how efficient most employees were when they did get home. And it might have even, you know, tempered some of those growth concerns. You know, are we going to be able to achieve this? You know, people, offices are streamlined a little bit. I think people were just enjoying a little bit of this work style, obviously not good circumstances, but you know, as a whole, I was I was pretty proud of the industry to see the the way they reacted. Just looking at some of the uh, the surveys that we put out um, in the middle and and towards uh, uh, just recently during the pandemic. But like John said, I think the focus for a lot of firms got pulled away from growth. They want to keep growing, but really that focus had to turn internally to the employees and and the experiences that they were going through right now. So 2021, I think, is set up to do well for most firms. I still think the hospitality airline, retail, those guys will be taking a, a gut check for the next little while. But, you know, a lot of firms I'm hearing there are busier than ever. Yeah. You know, and it's so funny because it's like you can never quite pinpoint who's going to suffer the most during this period, right? I mean, I think that's the that's the challenge, right? Everybody wants their crystal ball to see who's going to be impacted or affected most. I personally think this is the time, if there was ever a time for a company to double down on really taking care of their employees, now would be that time. More professional development, more mentoring and mentorship programs. Also, this is a good time to take stock of your onboarding problem, which which we can talk about down the line. But I just think there are a number of ways, and we used to talk about this, Chad, you probably remember this, about closing the back door. And that the whole idea here is that once you get a good person in, you want to keep them. And I think firms could really take a page from that book in terms of figuring out what, where, where are they, where is their draft? Where is the back door open where people are, you know, leaving your firm? Maybe it's in a specific area because you have a, a senior manager that is not good at handling people. And we are still in a very much a people business that we deliver uh, services, but this is a people business. And without really good people, your business, your ability to serve your client's highest need is impacted. So, I mean, these are all these are all things that I think firms should be thinking about, especially in this marketplace. But if if I am pressed, hard pressed, and I need to come to you guys to find somebody to add to the C-suite. What type of time frame are we typically looking at right now with everything else being what it is? I know what things were in the past and the normal time frame that we would give a firm, but what are you telling firms now when they say, hey, Chad, hey, John, what kind of timeline am I looking at to seriously you know, consider looking at a decent candidate to hire? Sure. You know, I don't think it's necessarily changed too much. You know, the, the right candidate, there really shouldn't be the, the timeline on that. However, I think uh, we've had successful hires, you know, go from, you know, an average of, of three to six months working on an executive search, probably to closer to six, nine months, 12 months at this point. You know, not to say that we didn't foresee a lot of those challenges coming and that, 
really streamlining the the process was probably one of the big bumps that we would uh, see in the road with, with some clients. Honestly, just doing things like having in person meetings. Just the uh, that special sauce sometimes can't be there when you're when you're doing a lot of things over video and and maybe you've never met that person before. Me, you, and John. I feel like we can do this because we've all hung out and, and you know been around each other. But if it was the first time we were meeting, just going through something like Elevate, a lot of people aren't comfortable just yet. So I think people are getting there. You know, one thing that I would encourage people to to really think about is that there are certain positions in that C suite that are just drastically different. Something like a CFO is going to take much much shorter time period than something like a CEO. A CFO for a, a, a professional services firm is, is just going to be wired a little bit differently and, and less in the, uh, the, the day-to-day and, and dedicated operations to the firm. So we've had some, some good luck with those over the last couple of years as far as helping people out with that quickly. COO during this time, that was, that was a tough one. We had a couple of searches that were really uh, focused on that. And you know what we found out was that these operations, people that are in that position at their firms were, were so ingrained on, on what was actually going on within their own offices during the pandemic. But it was hard to, to get a lot of conversations going there. But you know, I, I can say clients were definitely more open to the longer window. We had several people approach us this year that said, hey, this is more of a long-term need that we have in front of us instead of what we were seeing a little bit more of over the last couple of years, which were you know, usually second, third question is how quickly can you get this done for us? Uh, I think people are a little bit more understanding and, and just affording some grace all around at this point. Yeah. That, I mean, we, I think we all need a little bit of grace at this point in time with yeah. everything that's going around. That's actually a, a great point, too, because a big reason why we can kind of expect longer timelines on a lot of these is something that I'm sure, you know, the three of us and anyone listening could understand is just it's it may be more difficult for a candidate to mentally cross the finish line, so to speak, whether that is due to what Chad just mentioned, you know, being so ingrained into the day-to-day operations of their current firm that they really can't fathom, you know, thinking of another opportunity, regardless of how fruitful that may be, versus the ones who there's just so much uncertainty in the world that they feel comfortable at their existing firm and just can't quite get over that hump. So we have definitely seen that play a factor into searches over the past six months, especially, and are sure to communicate that with our clients so that you know they understand exactly what we're seeing and you know why it may take a little bit longer sure. uh, and certainly not due to a, a lack of uh, you know effort right you know it's you know, um, hard to trust somebody when you're talking to them virtually you know yeah, and you've never yeah. met them in person before and you know i don't necessarily think that the priorities of candidates have drastically changed but, you know people are still wanting good professional career development they're, they're still wanting good good benefits unique benefits things that are you know, flexible. Uh, one thing that I've tried to tell uh, quite a few clients lately is, you know, hey, if you don't know what your, you know, flexibility or work from home policy is going to be moving forward into the future, and you're just kind of playing it loose right now, that's not a that's a red flag when it comes to recruiting. You know, I, I need to know what that situation is. You know, as a as, as a parent or as a somebody who's got other things going on outside of outside of the office. So that's pretty key. But I do think people are more curious. You know, Randy, maybe you you can agree. Been through a couple more big life events like this, but this will probably be one of those drawn out things. But you're going to remember where you were and how you felt during all of this, and 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 what were the good things and what were the bad things. So, like John said, you know, if you're if you're a firm and you're looking to do something, and, you know, invest in your people right now because they're going to remember, you know, this 12, 18 months 
a lot more than they're going to remember the last couple of years before this. So if you feel like you've missed an opportunity, you know, the opportunity actually is right now. Yeah. You know, it's when I think of it, and it's funny you bring that up, just this whole idea of these life events that happen and how they impact us differently. And I remember the savings. I'm a little older than you guys, but I remember the savings and loan crisis. I remember the first recession that we had in the early 90s. I remember the dot-com crash. Of course, the financial meltdown of 08. I got to say, I would take a good recession right now compared to what this pandemic has done. I mean, just being honest, real talk here. I mean, this has changed fundamentally how we do a lot of stuff. And more importantly, this situation has uh, impacted us. While the financial situation, recessions, they impact you psychologically. When you are, are witnessing people being sick around you or just having to go through this pandemic, I think it does something to you. And so there's a lot There's a lot of baggage I think we're all carrying around right now and how we're dealing with it. And some are more suited than others to to come through this with flying colors, although I think we're all going to have our, um, what's the best way to, we're all going to have our uh, badges to show for how we endured. I was there. I witnessed the pandemic of that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you exactly? Exactly. <laughs> no, I say, and I say all that just to kind of give people pause because I know a lot of younger folks, guys that are you, guys and gals that are your age, people that are on the cusp of millennial, being a millennial or in that Gen Z phase, they don't know anything else but this. So for them, it's like, oh my God, this is, this is pretty bad. It's, I don't think it can get any worse than this. So I think, you know, we have nowhere to go but up. And I think that there are a lot of real possibilities moving forward. And so a couple of things I know you guys had told me offline, you said, and we, we mentioned it earlier, onboarding are, are some of the biggest issues that clients are currently dealing with. Virtual training, how do they do that? I know Zweig offers virtual training. Mentoring programs, which is something I have been screaming from the mountaintops for years that, you know, and this industry is not unlike a lot of other mature industries where they've just not invested in mentoring programs. But I think that's going to change. And then ways that, you know, you can kind of get people excited about the work that you're doing. How do you get people to sign on because you've got some great, you know, big projects coming down the line? So, you know, I yeah. Those are my thoughts about where, you know, kind of where things are. Is are there any is there anything that I missed as far as what clients are telling you or some of the biggest issues? No, I think one one that I, you know, probably hear the the most horror stories about right now is is that onboarding experience. I think firms have gotten better as the months have, have went on, but early on there were quite a few firms that we'd talk with that either were trying to relocate somebody or or whatever it was in the midst of that March, April, June wave of this thing that it led to some bad experiences and some fallout. And not only that, some people who had, you know, started earlier in the year, those January hires that just weren't ever to buy into the culture and, and things seemed like a, a little hectic, honestly, from day one. So, you know, that that's my experience with onboarding. I think some firms have highlighted that problem pretty quickly and realized it was something they needed to fix. But that was one of the the, the early hurdles. Virtual training, you know, we we leaned into that pretty hard. Obviously, Zwei Group is out on the road a lot during the year, and a lot of those conferences, speaking engagements, learning engagements, 
they were pushed off or rescheduled or, or whatever the hell everybody did this year with, with all the events on their calendars. Right. I don't think it was a, a cancel or a, Hey, we need to move this to another date. It was just, I don't know what to do with this right now. And, you know, I think John probably uh, saw, you know, quite a lot of, of different conversations come through as far as uh, some of these uh, C-suite needs that we're working on and, and what people were actually having to concentrate on, on their own firms now. Yeah, so I can um, I can chime in too. So there was uh, Randy. I actually have a, a story I can share with you. So we were uh, working on a on a um, kind of managing principal type of position in Austin over the course of the past six months, and the pandemic played a huge role in in this position because it was a satellite office. So the location of the candidate was not that of the leadership team of our client and kind of who is leading that interview process. And the candidate lived at home with her mother, who is kind of obviously a high risk candidate to get infected with COVID. So as we were interviewing this individual, we kind of had to create more opportunities and almost more organic opportunities for her to build rapport with our clients kind of throughout that process so that when they did kind of inevitably meet in person, you know, we we still feel like that is a, a critical and kind of irreplaceable aspect of the process unless, you know, there's just kind of dire circumstances. It kind of manufacture those ways for them to build those relationships when you know that you may not have as much face time, you know, in person with a candidate as you may have otherwise. And as long as as a firm leader, you understand the value of building that relationship and understand, you know, why you're doing it, you can make it effective, right? And, you know, we were effective in filling that position in less than six months. So um, that's, you know, it can be done in this uh, time period. But I think really the overarching theme is you have to be willing to go the extra mile more so than you were before to build those relationships with each and every candidate. Because, you know, as we were talking about before, it's a little bit more difficult for them to mentally cross the finish line. So you may have to be referring to your second or third option at a certain point if, you know, what, if you know what hits the fan at the 11th hour. So you really need, it kind of exacerbates that need for firm leaders to build relationships throughout every step of the process with every candidate that they have the opportunity to speak with. John, I'll hop in. And I mean, we had a perfect example of that this year. We had a great couple of great clients that we were working with. And, and I'll be honest, one of them was way more open to, to speaking to candidates than the other. And what types of opportunities, you know, that may have closed off for one client and, and may continue to open for the other. So, you know, I plan on that person and that firm being fruitful from many of those conversations they had throughout the uh, the search process, instead of waiting to, to speak to that one unicorn that they felt like absolutely fit the mold. You know, we were able to, you know, get to successful positions with, with both those people. But I can tell you that I think the experience overall is quite different. And it was just because someone was open-minded and they forged relationships with candidates that they knew they weren't going to hire for the position just for the future. Yeah. And is that R word that you both brought up and that is relationships. And I think it can't be harped on enough that if your approach to recruitment and retention or specifically recruitment or executive search is from a transactional standpoint and not a relational one, people are going to smell it out. And if there was ever a time to err 
on the side of putting things out there from a, a relational or relationship perspective. Now was the time. And we've talked about this. Even when you came into this industry, I told you how important relationships were and are and how those will seal the deal before anything else will. And, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think it's important to be exhibiting those qualities as a firm leader, as someone that is charged with bringing new people on to the company. Even if you can't bring somebody on right away, don't just cast them aside and say, well, they're no good to me right now. Continue to build and develop that relationship because you never know what that will lead to down the road. Yeah, that's a, uh, a fantastic point, Randy, and a great segue. So one of the big questions that a lot of clients have been asking us is, a lot of them are kind of making assumptions or, you know, I, I wouldn't say a lot of them, but we get a lot of assumptions that there's low hanging fruit out there. You know, these firms have had layoffs, you know, I'm sure I know certainly re even recently uh, after the kind of the PPP loan dust settled, there are kind of some more layoffs within some firms. And a lot of leaders are kind of assuming that it will be easier due to the fact that there are folks who need to be hired. You know, they're kind of uh, out there and they, they see it as kind of low hanging fruit, right? But what they don't understand and kind of the folks who are being effective at converting quote unquote low hanging fruit, I really don't love that expression, but uh, it's been used <laughs> to us a lot. That's fine. That's uh, fine. Yeah, yeah. So the ones who are able to kind of convert those opportunities are the ones who have that relationship building mindset. You know, if these individuals are high quality employees and you know potential rock stars at your firm they're going to have options rather quickly into their search for a new position and if you're not the type of firm leader who keeps one ear low to the ground and builds those relationships and is kind of in tune with the people in that community that may be an opportunity that passes you by because they've already made a decision by the time or gotten hired somewhere by the time you know that they were laid off you know yeah. so it it kind of happens a lot quicker that I think people realize. And it just, again, goes to your point of building relationships throughout the process to be kind of in tune with those opportunities as they arise. And one thing I'll, I'll say, if you're a firm leader, there there are going to be some available people out there and, and to call them the, the low-hanging fruit, John. <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe try to look beyond some of their work experience, not necessarily you know outside of the AEC industry, but someone who's been in that hospitality retail market space and, and that's what they've done. That's their bread and butter. You know, those are still, you know, very viable designers, project managers when it comes to other projects and other market sectors. I mean, so definitely, you know, like we've always said, Randy, hire for character, you know, teach for skill and you'll, you'll retain the best employees that way. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I did want to bring up with you guys, just to see if you could give some feedback or advice in this area would be, what type of investing should design firms continue to do to kind of foster this presence that, hey, we're open for business, we're hiring, we're still, you know, because I think a lot of times people think, well, everything is, you know, you feel like, I mean, for a lot of us, we feel like time has kind of stood still. So firms aren't necessarily out there aggressively seeking any new people. Everybody's just kind of waiting to see if the other shoe drops, what's going to happen? Are we getting new stimulus money? We have a new presidential administration coming in. So there's a lot, there's a lot that's in flux. But 
What would you say to design firm leaders and those that are responsible for continuing to prime that pump, especially when it comes to potentially attracting new talent? What are some of the things that you're telling firms to do right now outside of hire you to find you know, their next best person? <laughs> what are some of the things you're telling them to be doing on a regular basis that's going to make a difference? Well, I think one thing that's clear is that people are spending more time than ever. And I think we've said that year after year in front of their screens, you know, whether yeah. or not it's your, your phone, whether or not it's your computer, iPad, you know, tablet, whatever that is. So, you know, like I said, no matter what, investing in, in things like your online presence is, is very important. Things like search engine optimization, uh, pay per click. These are all things that cost some money, but they are worth the investment to expose the general marketplace to your firm in a good way, in, in a way that you can control. You know, social media presence. I think it's it's a great culture builder. Most people, you know, whether or not you're you're looking to be a friend or you're looking to uh, hire somebody to do some work for you, you go online and you check them out. Some of that content is is free. And that's capital R or F R E E free. Anybody can go on and like and share and start a conversation around it. But some of it can be invested in and, and you can have some sponsor stuff out there too that's placed uh, quite nicely. So just recognizing and I think I heard it best a, a few weeks ago we went from having seven offices to we have 85 offices now and all that means is they've got 85 employees working from home. So mm-hmm. just recognizing the technology that everyone needs to efficiently get their their work done at home, you know, if that's a a, a monthly stipend for internet, phone, whatever whatever that looks like. I think that's something pretty popular. I know that Zwide Group went ahead and, and adjusted our policy, you know, right when the pandemic started regarding all of uh, things like that. You know, John, you know, what are you seeing, you know, as as, as things that, you know, they need yeah. to be doing? Yeah, for sure. So, and investing can mean a few different things. It doesn't have to mean money. It, it can mm-hmm. also be time, mm-hmm. you know, and a good way to invest your time, I would say is... There's two ways. I would say definitely be revamping your marketing materials regularly. You know, if there's not messaging on there about how you do your job safely and how employees can work at your firm safely and kind of acknowledge all of the things that you're doing to be safe in today's kind of climate, that's very important to show not only potential clients, but candidates as well. You know, you want to stay in front of them with kind of that positive messaging and that goes hand in hand with, I think, what uh, what Chad was mentioning before. And then another thing that you can kind of work on with your marketing team or whatever that may be is uh, just creating fun and new ways to engage your, not only your employees, but also candidates as well, you know, and being able to talk about those things during the interview process is monumentally important. You know, we've seen creative ideas like, you know, Zoom doodle contests, or, you know, you could play bingo if you wanted to, or, you know, costume contest for Halloween, or, you know, just create ways to engage your employees and being able as an executive search consultant, being able to tell a candidate that our client does things like that to it kind of, it just shows that they care about their employees. And so kind of (laughs) taking time to invest, you know, your time into creating some, you know, fun ways to engage your employees is not only good for retention, obviously, but it can also be great when you're trying to recruit great talent as well. Yeah. And then I guess the last thing I'll say is just kind of, you know, virtual training programs. So I know we've seen 
in the industry a lot, you know, whether it's, we'll just use, you know, Zwei Group University as an example, as a way, you know, to kind of train your employees virtually. You don't always have the lunch and learns in the office now to give them that professional development that, you know, really every employee in the AEC industry wants. According to, to our research, it's, it's always kind of the number one indicator for retention is that professional development. So if they can't get that in person, what are you doing to create you know, programs that allow them to do that in an easy and inventive way virtually yeah. as needed? So. Yeah. No, I like that. And, and I think, I mean, you guys brought up a bunch of different points that I think are important. One is to definitely make sure that you get ahead of the narrative and you you control it from a leadership perspective about where things are going. So like you said, going from one office to 85, I think now more than ever before, it's incumbent upon firms and firm leadership to stay ahead of things, meaning more updates instead of less. So sharing, oversharing as opposed to not sharing enough, because I think that will first of all, put at bay a lot of the peanut gallery when it comes to, you know, people kind of coming up with their own ideas about why so-and-so was doing this or why we're closing down a particular officer. And it could be nothing more than a financial measure that a firm is taking. But all of a sudden, you know, if you don't control that narrative, you miss out on an opportunity, A, to connect with your people, but then B, to also keep them abreast of every change that's happening. And one of the things that I have seen from a number of really key leaders in this industry space, like, and I'll just throw a couple of names out there, like Chris Huckabee from Huckabee. It's a fabulous architecture firm based in Houston, uh, based in um, in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm also thinking about Nelson and then Ozzy Nelson, who runs Nelson. And uh, these guys all have, since the pandemic started, they're doing weekly messages either via email or through video message. There's a lot more internal. I know Chris is doing weekly uh, Zoom lunches with a variety of people in multiple offices. So he'll pull a couple of people from different offices. And it's not like just the leaders. He's pulling in just, you know, mainline folks and just having a conversation with them to check in. And I think that that kind of connection goes a long way with a easing any fears or concerns that anyone may have that maybe a firm is going through some financial challenges. And even if you are, I think we're all big boys and girls and we put on our big boy girls, big boy pants, big girl pants every day. As a leader in the design space, if you're open and transparent about a lot of that stuff, you'd be surprised how the folks react and how people will rally around any cause that you bring up. So, I mean, a lot of what you guys are saying is is ringing true now more than ever before. And I think the design firms that are putting it into practice are having a much easier time utilizing that other R word that we talked about earlier, which is retention. I'm glad to hear you say it because I keep bugging people and putting 15 minutes on their calendar for coffee once a week in the morning for yeah. employees randomly. and. I usually get a pretty good nugget of, of something good that needs to be communicated somehow. So, you know, it's good to hear that that other stuff is happening and it's it's not just me bugging people. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, honestly, I mean, when even when Chris and Ozzy had told me what they were doing at first, they were like, yeah, it seemed like a lot of work. Now I don't want to stop doing it. Right. So I think there are a lot of things 
that are going to come out of this pandemic that are going to be really beneficial to our industry. And I think that's one of them. You know, yeah. when you're when I lead a 1300 person firm, what chance do I have of being in front of everybody? It's not really good. But the technology where we are today, I can throw out a video and be on everybody's phone within 20 minutes. And I think we need to be thinking that way. And it's not that you have to put some elaborate production on, but you can go out there and start creating some things that can, you know, keep everybody top of mind with where your mind as a leader of a design firm, what direction you're trying to go. Because I'm telling you, and I know Chad Kleinens loves this, the rising tide lifts all ships and the, everybody needs to be part of it. I don't, it doesn't need to be a secret. It needs to be something, you know, outside of, you know, obvious things. It needs to be something that everybody can buy into because it's much easier to sell it to everyone when you're are being open and transparent with your workforce. So, you know, that's just my thought on the matter. But so again, this you guys have shared a lot and I wanted to kind of bring it back because a lot of people don't realize that Zwei Group does a lot of surveys and publications. You brought up some of the facts and figures. Would you just mind sharing with the audience what surveys are you gleaning a lot of your good quality information from? And I'll be sure to link to those in the show notes here so that people can uh, get access to those or know where they can purchase more in-depth findings from those surveys. Yeah, sure. Yes, certainly. And I'll start us off here. I mean, I feel like a really powerful one right now is the best firms to work for survey. You know, just as we have kind of been beating this drum of retention and doing right by your employees is all the more important now than ever before. So, you know, this survey is a good way for firms to see what the best firms in the industry are doing. You know, uh, how do they treat something as simple as maternity or paternity leave all the way to more complex issues like when do certain people come into the office um, and who are they? You know, who are those individuals, stuff like that. So it can really provide a lot of kind of context to help you make some of those decisions that we were alluding to before. So the best firms to work for. Yeah, certainly. I love that one. I also look a lot at incentive comp and just our general salary survey reports. You know, I was thinking about it earlier. You can literally look up, you can look up the value of everything. I can tell you the value of the, of the, the house I'm in right now, just by going to you know Zillow or something. So, you know, that is uh, something that a lot of people are becoming accustomed to. And it's information that we have and, and provide out to the industry, but you got to know what is competitive when it comes to that compensation out there these days and what you're competing against. I think that's uh, usually one of the, the last things on the, the top five list, but people aren't going to lie. Money talks. People want to know what that money is saying and what other people are doing. So just being uh, aware of that. And then, you know, just to, to piggyback on what John said about the best firms to work for survey, you know, that survey along with uh, some of the salary surveys are becoming are, are being developed into a, a new tool. So just be on the lookout for that. It's more of a uh, web-based, Excel-based tool that you would uh, use. And, and it, you can get a little bit more microscopic on everything than going through a, a traditional PDF survey. Yeah. And I think, and I think context matters in this, in this case, right? Cause you don't, you want to compare apples to apples. You want to be looking yep. at salary data, incentive compensation data, best firm to work for data, 
industry specific. And I think that's the one thing beyond anything else in the 32 plus years that Zwei Group has been around, they have followed and served the, this niche perfectly. And I can't wait for this new product that you're kind of teasing us with. So that should be exciting when that comes online, because I think there's never been a time to make information readily available, right? Just at the keystroke, as opposed to having to physically pick up a book or read a PDF. I'm all for those, but I kind of like to go to Dr. Google and get my data right away. So we can, uh, we're we're excited about that. And I'm looking at it right now. The 2021 total comp benchmarking tool is available and it looks like it's uh, on sale in our store right now. So if you're out there wondering about that, click on the link that Randy uh, provides and, uh, and hopefully that sale is still going on. If it's not though, you could probably email one of us and we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll take good care of you. And again, if, you, you know, made, if you made it this far in the podcast, right? <laughs> yes, yes. If you mentioned if you mentioned this part of the conversation, then you are you are a trooper. So we appreciate you listening. But uh, well, man, listen, John and Chad coming to us from Dallas and from Fayetteville. We really appreciate this, and and I thank you so much for letting me convince you to sit down with me and have this conversation. It means it means the world to me. And I think a lot of the information that you guys shared is going to be really valuable for our listeners. That listening tree is growing on a regular basis. And I appreciate each and every person that provides such tremendous feedback about what this White Letter podcast is all about. So I want to thank you. Thank you, John. This is your first time on the podcast, Chad. You've been on several times, but thank you guys both so much for taking time to join us today. Of course. And if you're out there listening and you want to chat, let John or, or myself know. And, and we're always good to, to put some time on our calendar and uh, and just do some networking. Yeah. And they mean that. So real quickly, John, just drop your email and Chad, drop your email real quick. And we'll also put that in the show notes so people can connect with you. Sure. Yeah. My email is ccoldiron at zweiggroup.com. Sure. Or you can just text me if you want. My phone number is 479-200-3538. Perfect. And John? Yeah, and I can be found at J Bray. That's J B as in Bravo R A Y at zweiggroup.com. And uh, likewise, I am uh, available on my cell phone at 314 753 0019. Always open to a conversation. Oh, that's it. They mean that, folks. So definitely please reach out to these guys. They are the future of this industry, as I know a lot of you that are listening to this are. And so we're excited to kind of share them as a resource here on the Zweig Letter Podcast. Thanks again, guys. We appreciate you. Of course. Thank you. All right. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that. A lot of nuggets of information. You know, go to the show notes, check it out, get the information that you need, and then reach out to John or Chad. Of course, you can always reach out to me. I'm rwilburn at zweiggroup.com. Yes, they allow me to have an email address, so I will respond to you any way that I can. And anyone that I need to turn you on to at Zwy Group, I'll be more than happy to do that. But we appreciate you, our listening audience. As always, you can get a free copy of the Zweig Letter newsletter. It comes out every Monday morning on PDF. It's available to you. It's available to your team. What I would encourage you to do, if you don't already get a free subscription of the Zweig Letter newsletter, I would encourage you to go to thezweigletter.com and sign up. And you can also send in 
an Excel spreadsheet if you want to sign up your whole company. We've had two, 300 people be added to the roles at a time. And that way you're able to get what I would say is the best and one of the most longest running newsletters in the design industry space. You can hear from people like John and Chad who write articles in the newsletter. So many of your peers that are writing articles in this newsletter. And of course, Mark Zweig and Chad Kleinens and Jamie Claire Kaiser and the rest of the advisory team at, at Zweig Group. There's so much great information available. Let's, as we move forward, as we continue to develop the AEC space, let's continue to educate each other and encourage and, and build each other up. And as, a, again, that quote that we like using quite a bit, a rising tide lifts all ships. So come be a part of this rising tide here at Zwei Group. But that's all I have for you today. As always, you can listen to Zwei Group wherever great podcasts can be found. Just subscribe to it. The Zweig Letter podcast comes out about every two weeks or so on a Thursday. And uh, I got to say, it's some of the best listening that you're going to find for the design industry space. We have thousands of people that download this podcast on a regular basis. And I got to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you ever need anything, always reach out. We are here to serve. That's all I have for you this week, but I will see you soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to the Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.